Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast. I'm your co-host, Angelina Jenis, joined by Adele Sage, as always. Hey, Adele. Hello, hello. Hello. And today, a guest from the CX team, of course, we love those. Pete Jacques, who is a principal analyst, has joined us to talk about his coverage and his past experiences, which I think listeners will find really interesting. And be sure to reach out to us if you want to hear more from hey, Pete, Pete, because this is just the first episode. And P.S., he is new to the CX team. You didn't say that, Angelina. It's very exciting. New to the CX research team. It is exciting. He's a new but old friend. Yes. And maybe, Pete, you could tell us why you are an old friend. <laughs> sure. And thanks for having me on. So I've, I've been with Forrester for about three years now on the CX Index team. In fact, some of you may recognize my name having worked on that group, supporting our banking and investment firms and health insurance clients who subscribe to the CX Index. But I've actually been a Forrester client for several years, and in that time have come to quite admire Forrester to the point where I was really excited to become a team member. So it does feel like coming full circle for me. Okay, so tell us about your journey to Forrester. You have a certain industry you were focused on, was that assigned at random or is that related to your past experiences? So it does relate to my past experiences. Uh, before coming to Forrester, I spent a number of years in both the life insurance and health insurance industries, bouncing back and forth a little bit. I grew up and live in Western Massachusetts and first started working for a regional HMO there for a few years. And I won't tell you exactly how many years, but it's been a couple decades back when we used to call it just customer satisfaction research. And I ran their member satisfaction programs and a number of different surveys for that HMO. And then I actually moved in for a couple of years into the area hospital that owned the HMO. So I shifted into patient satisfaction research, which was really interesting. I got into some different ways of measuring, really behavioral measures that we started looking into there. From there, I shifted into the life insurance industry doing research similar to what some of our analysts here at Forrester do. But it was for the life insurance industry where I would do some primary research, publish reports, uh, present at conferences, and so forth, and then uh, moved into the practitioner side. And one of the reasons I did that was some feedback that we received from our members uh, when I worked for that trade association was that we did really good research, but sometimes we were missing the mark on recommendations because they didn't, we didn't understand the business. And I really took that to heart. And that was one of the reasons why I shifted over uh, to Mass Mutual and worked for several years there running their VOC program, actually building out their VOC program, introducing a, uh, an EFM platform to the company and really building out kind of my skill set in that space. From there, I then shifted over back into health insurance, working for Cigna for a couple of years. And that's where I really got introduced to Forrester. I was aware of them prior to that, but Cigna is a Forrester client. And got me deeper into understanding a lot of their CX work. First time I, I met Harley Manning, first time I met Adele, and, and actually it was a visit up to their office in Cambridge where I met her. And I was just retelling the story to them prior to uh, the beginning where as I was walking into the office and walked under the Forrester sign, I thought to myself, oh, I'd like to get back into research at some point more in my career. How cool would it be to work for Forrester? And not knowing that several years later I'd be there. So I worked at Cigna. I got introduced to uh, much deep, more deeply into design thinking. Um, I got trained in doing customer journey mapping 
and actually prior to that had done quite a bit of focus group moderating because as I was progressing through my career, I was kind of hopping back and forth between customer experience and customer insights. And I do see the two as slightly different, bringing two different venues of information to the industry. And then from there, we moved on to Lincoln Financial Group, where I was in consumer insights. And one of the really cool things about that role was that I was part of the strategy team. And it really gave me a different perspective on how to bring insights and data and research into an organization and push it out to stakeholders that I hadn't had before. And it was really shifting the conversation, aligning with a lot of the work that Cindy Little has taught us about storytelling and really finding those ways to resonate with senior leaders that go beyond just talking about what the data are showing, but really building that story. And so over time, as as I was working there, again, saw the opportunity come up in the CX index team. And I really felt that that was the time and the opportunity for me to make the shift back over into more of an analyst role and, and doing the research. So that's been you know kind of the short story of, of how I've gotten here. I remember well that, that fateful visit to Forrester all those years ago, back in my analyst days, when I was helping you with some VOC program stuff. So brings back memories. It's, it's nice to have you here in this capacity now. Before we get into what you're doing now, if you can talk a little bit about the CX Index for anybody who hasn't heard of it, just very briefly what it is, and maybe just some takeaways that you've had over the couple of years that you've worked on that team around the index. What have you learned that, that you think our listeners would, would be interested in about the CX Index? Certainly. Uh, so just a, a brief overview for those of you who may not be too aware, the CX Index is an annual benchmark study that Forrester runs around the world. So we have a set of studies for the US, for Canada, for Europe, you know, get a, a lot of different markets around the world, each run independently, but at the same time, early the first quarter of each year. And it re- it's based on the model that Forrester has developed around understanding the quality of a CX experience. And the research that's backing this index up demonstrates that uh, high quality experiences lead to those outcomes that businesses are looking for. And uh, those, those quality metrics, if you're not familiar, are, are ease, effectiveness, and emotion. And the outcome measures that we track are uh, how likely are you to stay with the business, how likely are you to enrich your relationship, and how likely are you to advocate. So it's the combination of those metrics. And for that reason, it's a really holistic measure of understanding what a customer is thinking about what's influencing their decision to for those business outcomes. And we know it's a little bit more complex than say net promoter score or a customer effort score. But one of the things that I've really found valuable to me in, in conversations that I have with clients is when we explain the CX index and it really resonates with them, the value of understanding these different facets and these different levers that you can move to improve the quality of the experience. Different ways for an organization to make that, you know, that experience better for their customers as well as impact business outcomes. One of the things that I find, again, enlightening, enjoyable in the presentations and the work that I've done with clients is as we work through the results of the study, there's quite a bit of data that's collected in the study. And it really gives us that opportunity to keep peeling back the layers of the onion to help them explore what they need to do. And I think that really works very well because we work with organizations that are in you know, a variety of different levels of maturity with their CX programs. So for someone who's just starting out, we may stop at kind of that under, not stop, but we 
we focus more on those levels of, okay, let's, what do we mean by ease, effectiveness, and emotion? What emotions are we talking about? How do we impact those at a high level? And then for those who are a bit more sophisticated or are ready to learn more, we then can tease into more detail around what exactly do we mean by emotion and what emotions are most important? Because what our research across Forrester consistently finds is emotion is the most important factor that influences your recall of of the experience and then what your decision to do as a result of that is. So we can delve into more deeply about, is it meaning uh, making someone feel delighted? Or in a lot of the financial services work that I've done, it's helping people feel appreciated and valued. So it may not be those emotional outcomes that we typically think of in other industries. And then finally, really the most important part of the CX Index product and delivery is getting to the key drivers, the priority drivers. And for each industry, we ask a series of questions to respondents saying, you know, uh, how would you describe, do these statements describe your experiences with the brand? And that gives us the opportunity across a list of about 35 to 40 driver statements, which ones are most important to your customers in terms of driving customer experience. So it really provides a much more actionable view to our clients to say, these are the levers that you can work on that can really help improve the experience. So it's kind of that multi-level view that I find has been really fun to dig into with our clients as they explore what's available to them. So then the the natural next question would be, what are you going to bring over to the CX team? I mean, I think they want all of it, but what are you going to focus on? There's a little bit of work that I had started with uh, TJ Kit, who um, has recently left. And again, if, you, if you're familiar with it or if you're not, it's a work on what we call devotees. And looking at the CX index data, we identify that there's this group of customers that just have a much stronger level of connection to brands. And not only is their connection, their level of loyalty stronger, as a result, we see that they're significantly more likely to spend money with the brand. The, the revenue opportunity with this group is, is much stronger, much bigger. So I'm going to continue that research that TJ had started, really delving more deeply into answering some of the questions that our client, we've already heard back from clients, such as, how do I identify these people? How do I grow more of these devotees? So that'll be kind of some of the initial work I'll be starting to work on. And it also links in with just understanding loyalty more deeply as well. That's just an area of personal interest at the same time, but it's really starting to understand what other variables, what other things can we understand that helps drive loyalty, that helps people form that connection with the brand. And in the case of devotees, how do we do that more quickly? How can we bring those customers on board much more quickly? So there'll be some work there, kind of understanding how it's related to their needs and their expectations and their willingness to forgive mistakes, things like that, that we want to explore to help provide a roadmap for our clients. I love it. I remember working in marketing when it seemed like there was a a rewards card bubble where we thought loyalty was just built on getting little points and people were going to stay with you and use you and think about you every week because they had a little tag on their keychain. So it's definitely something that we could be a little bit smarter about. I think that'll be really useful for folks to understand. There's also just a whole trove of data available through the CX Index Benchmark Study that I'll be looking for opportunities to bring that data into other aspects of the research across the priorities for our CX Cert Leader Service. I'll be heading up the U.S. benchmark studies that, again, TJ led in the past. That'll be an area of responsibility for me. In general, part of my role will just be working with the analysts leading each of the priorities 
and seeing how we can integrate more of the CX index data into the work that they're doing. That's great. So I know that you don't have any research that's actually live and published yet, just yet, but I know there's lots that you're working on. In the meantime, I know that you're getting questions from clients already that you're, you're starting to take what, what we affectionately call inquiries here at Forrester. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those topics are that you're already starting to help clients with in your analyst capacity? Sure. Uh, a lot of the questions I've been getting have been generally related to CX measurement and survey design type of topics. So a lot of the questions are, for example, best practices on how do we ask an NPS question in this particular context? Or recently fielded a call that dealt with how do we best position a survey with calls that are escalated for clients? So it's those types of questions, either in the design of a survey or administration of a customer experience survey that I've been helping out with, some uh, sampling questions, for example. So really drawing a, a lot of my past experience in that space of designing surveys and CX methodology. I had also been involved prior to this shift in some of the uh, North America forums, and there there have been some questions I fielded around uh, understanding more about loyalty. So that stems from the work that I've been doing on the CX index, and I'm sure that's going to continue to increase and grow as some of the new research comes out as well. Any anecdotes you can share, obviously, without naming any names, an example of a conversation you've had with a client and the kind of advice that you gave? Because I'm, I'm sure that our listeners are hungry for, for that kind of advice, too. Yeah, I'll say just as an aside, one of the things that I find really engaging about all the inquiries is just seeing and understanding the variety of levels of sophistication and need for our clients across the board. One of the things that for at least for me as an analyst that I've found in the past is sometimes you get caught in your own little world and think that everybody knows what you know, and, and it's such basic information, how can I help? But some of these questions that do come up are questions that are, are kind of basic questions to understand, and it makes me feel good to be able to help someone out. One in particular that I had uh, recently was a client who was trying to determine if they should merge, or not merge, but bring the results of three questions together to form an index. They were thinking about creating an index score rather than reporting on, on individual question scores. And in some cases, it would work if you have a lot of similarity in how the scales are administered and presented, if the concepts are relatively close together. But in this situation, they weren't. They were quite different. It would be like having a bucket of apples and, and a bucket of oranges and asking, how many apples do I have? You're comparing two different things. So my recommendation back to them was, you know, you really shouldn't combine them. You need to keep them separate. It just wouldn't make sense. It would be too difficult to try to explain this metric to senior leaders or to people around the organization, because a lot of companies are using these metrics now to help influence the culture and help bring all of their employees on board in terms of understanding what needs to be done to impact CX, how that influences their individual roles. And so an index score like that would be very challenging for them to interpret. So again, there's a situation where my recommendation was to keep them separate and perhaps focus just on, on one beacon metric. You heard it here. It doesn't all have to be about a single score. You reminded me, Angelina, that's going to be another area that I'll be working on is KPIs. So in the CX leader service area, we have the three KPIs that you'll see have at the bottom of our, our page, NPS, the CX index score and retention. 
So I'm going to be continuing to explore those, understand those more so that we can help organizations understand which one might be the best one for them, how they might work with other metrics that you'll be, you'll be collecting. So it's really building out that broader systemic view of CX measurement. Anything else that we haven't touched on? So just to let folks know, I actually uh, did have one of my first reports come out. It was uh, one that I was working with Judy Weider. Congratulations. During my transition, you have the U.S. CX Index Health Insurer Report and another one that I co-authored with her that she led that will be coming out shortly that focuses on what top health insurers did in order to improve their scores last year. So I'm excited to see some of those coming out so soon. And some KPI work will come out shortly after that. And then probably as we get towards the end of the year, you'll start seeing more on the devotee work. So work already underway. We'll have to have you back for that devotee research. And for those listeners who are curious, you can get an intro or primer to that from episode 231 with TJ Kitt. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back. Well, Pete, it's been wonderful to have you and to hear more about your new role and the coverage areas that you'll have and the things that you've already learned being a few months into this. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well. And everybody, that was this week's episode of the CX Cast, where we cover all things experience. Thanks for listening.